Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by the directing and writing team Lucy McKendrick and Charlie Pollinger of Fuck Me Richard, which world premiered this week at this year's South by Southwest Festival. Recovering from a broken leg, Sally begins a phone relationship with Richard, a much needed intimacy boost in her dreary haze of crushing loneliness and painkillers. They talk nonstop and fall head over heels. Things get kind of sketchy, though, when Richard starts asking for money to pay for his mom's medical bills. But Sally has some secrets of her own, and nothing is as it seems in this phone sex-fueled psychodrama about the sick thrill of a good old-fashioned scam. Big thanks to Bookman's for sponsoring this episode, and thanks to Fort Worth for letting us use their song at the end. If you'd like to connect with the show, the best place to find us online is at followingfilms.com, or on Twitter by following at following films. Please leave us a review or follow the show on Spotify. It really does help. And you can also support the podcast by going to anchor slash following films slash support. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this day. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. Did, uh, how did South by Southwest go for you? Were you able to go down for the showing or? Yeah, definitely. We were able to see it twice and it was, um, it was, I mean, it's a great time. They had, you know, full theaters um, with film lovers, local people from the city with people who come around the world who are premiering their own films. And it felt great to see it with an audience on such a beautiful screen. Well, this is one of those things. It feels like it should be. It's so beautiful. You, did you shoot this on film or how? Okay. Cause this, I w- was really struck by how magnificent this film looks and I would love to see it projected. So, I mean, um, you could just talk a little bit about working together and the design of this film. Just, I, I, I'm, I'm always struggle with short films cause I don't want to give away. They almost work like a, like a joke to some degree where it's set up punchline in a lot of short films and you don't want to give away the punchline uh, to a joke, but I feel like you're dealing with something that's much deeper than that, that there's a lot more to sink your teeth in here. So how much are you comfortable with giving away in this film at this point? I mean, honestly, I don't, uh, I, I'm fine with giving away everything. It's not like a feature film where, you know, if it spoils the ending, people don't yeah. want to see the movie. Like, I, I'm just trying to get people excited about it, even if they know the ending to begin with. Like, if it gets them to engage with the movie, I'm super excited about that. Unless it's not good for the article, and you're like, it's better to have some mystery or, or something intrigue. But yeah, um, I'm fine. Slap a spoiler alert and yeah, slap whatever. a spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Like half, whatever you use your preference. Yeah. But I'm totally cool with. You know, I have no uh, studio yeah. <laughs> trying to protect the movie. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Well, isn't that one of the beauties of this type of film that you can actually have something that is appropriately named fuck me, Richard, and you you can actually get away with that. And it's not something that it's, you hear the title and you're like, Oh, well that's, that's antagonistic. Let me, let me see what this is up to. And then it's actually the perfect title for this little film. And so it's something that, yeah, this actually makes a lot of sense, but it's something that you could never do if this was a feature playing totally. in multiplexes. I love how that operates. It's both like crass, but has integrity. Like yeah. it like makes sense <laughs> to the movie, but it's also like a bit of a marketing grab, but it all, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> works out. Yeah. I, I think it speaks to the 
15 year old punk rock kid in me. That's sort of like, I, I, I want to flip my middle finger off at the world, but I want it to mean something when I'm doing it. That, that kind of general. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Then, t- um, could you just talk a little bit about um, how poignant this film is really? This is something that is frustratingly relevant right now with the underlying sort of the, vulnerability that people have had for the last three years and seeking outside connection that I think a lot of people ended up putting themselves in positions maybe they wouldn't have normally. And I know two people in my life now that have fallen victim to things that are similar to this. And I'm just wondering, talk a little about where this came from, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this came from COVID, you know, we were in COVID and feeling vulnerable and, you know, COVID to me is uh, not cinematic because <laughs> face masks and, you know, hand sanitizer or all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to have a, a substitute for COVID, which is the, the broken leg. Um, and, yeah, I mean, more so than that, you know, COVID just got me down and got everyone down. And um, it also got me just reflecting on other times in my life I'd been down and <laughs> like the first time the first time I was in America and I broke an arm it was when I met Charlie because I sort of went about trying to find a, a partner to help me <laughs> with the I sort of went into like need a relationship mode um and I managed to find Charlie and you know that worked out <laughs> in the end but I was just thinking about yeah how you know vulnerability and um pain can I don't know put us in a seeking mode and and where that could go and also the twisted ways that could go because that's always a a, sort of a theme of my work like yeah where sort of you know innocent emotive like emotional states how they can sort of you know become putrid and take on a, a a weird dimension and make us act out in like stranger ways uh, that's always fascinating and exciting to me. So I wanted to explore that in Sally. And what about for you, Charlie? What what is this? How does this uh, do these themes resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, I think that just the notion of what is real, what is fantasy in like any relationship, especially like any romantic relationship in the beginning, I think there's this element of projecting this but both people in any relationship projecting this like shared fantasy almost like collective cinematic vision of what the relationship is and over many like years in a, a deeper relationship that sort of like the reality and the fantasy start to come together and i think that's what creates like a healthy good relationship but in this one like where these characters you know at least sally has like such a rich fantasy world I thought there was just something very relatable to that, um, even sort of scamming stuff aside and the way that you just, yeah, you can throw yourself into something because of this lineage of, of film really and like media and, and literature that tells you that like the best love stories are these really quick ones when really there's sort of like, I feel like in a modern lens, it's like a love bombing, like toxic red flag situation. And the the kind of like counterpoint between those things I thought was just like super relatable. Yeah. Yeah. We really tried to make as well, like cinematically, like Sally's emotional state into the apartment, you know? Yeah. And it's like, 
the whirlwind romance and the the curtains billowing and this just feeling of like being on painkillers. I mean, that was Eloise, our production designer. She's just like, I want everything to be like hazy and flowing into each other and dirty and like not clean, you know, the, the mm-hmm. mirrors and the windows, everything is a little bit dusty and foggy, like her, what's going on inside of Sally's head. So yeah, it was yeah, really trying to create that, that world out of Sally's in, interior life. Yeah. yeah. We're looking at like last tango in Paris. as like a reference of a film. That's, you know, also a very broken, desperate kind of love story, a sickly love story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Eloise describes Sally as a fungus having grown out of the walls of the apartment. And yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to some degree, is weren't we all that in the last like, yeah. 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 Um and that's interesting that last tango in Paris, because I, I when I saw this, I was thinking of 70s films as well. Like it was that kind of like that muted um color tone, but it's also bright at the same time. Like what De Palma did in Carrie, that kind of like Italian surrealistic giallo kind of thing that was in this. And so this feels feels so romantic in some ways, the way that the you're shooting this. And especially when the turn happens and you show and it's almost whimsical the way you're presenting it. And it's so counter to what's actually happening on the screen at that time. And there's so it's just <laughs> Broken people fucking each other over, I guess, essentially at that, that moment. <laughs> yeah. I know it, it's dark. Yeah. I mean, we tried to put a little dance at the end to give people some reprieve. But yeah. <laughs> like, Isn't yeah, that the beautiful thing about short format, though? You can just dip your toes in that water, and it's not like spending you know two hundred minutes in that sort of that mode where you're able to. But this is something where. I feel like this could be expanded out that this kind of story could be explored deeper and that there is a lot more to this than would it be readily apparent. I think that you could think of this as you were saying with like that toxic love bomb aspect of this and the way that we sort of view relationships, you know, I've been married for, it'll be 15 years this year coming up on it. And I think of what we had when we were first together and, you know, where we are now, and we thought we had an idea of what love was, but that was probably more closer to infatuation than where we are now, where real love is kind of. Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. This week I went into Bookman's and I was looking for a film, something that reminded me of a film festival, be it a film that got its start in a film festival or something that was perhaps about the experience of going to a film festival. I went over and looked through the 4K discs and the Blu-rays and the DVDs. Nothing was really jumping out immediately. So I went over to the box set section and I came across Ingmar Bergman's cinema. If you're not familiar, Bergman was a master storyteller who startled the world with his stark intensity and naked pursuit of the most profound metaphysical and spiritual questions. The struggles of faith and morality, the nature of dreams, and the agonies and ecstasies of human relationships. Bergman explored all of these subjects in films ranging from comedies, whose lightness and complexity belie their brooding hearts to groundbreaking formal experiments and excruciatingly intimate explorations of family life. Arranged as a film festival, 
with opening and closing nights, bookending double features and centerpieces. This selection spans six decades and 39 films, including such celebrated classics as The Seventh Seal, Persona, and Fanny and Alexander, alongside previously unavailable works like Dreams, The Right, and Brink of Life. It's also accompanied by a 248-page book with essays on each film. This particular box set has been something of a white whale for my collection, something I've had my eye on for years, and I've just never felt the need to pull the trigger on it. But then I walked into Bookman's and there it was. And the price was so incredibly reasonable, I had to pick it up. This is something that I've been wanting to dive into for a long time because with uh, Bergman's filmography, I have a lot of blind spots and I'm really excited to dive in and um, learn more about his work because every time I've gone and watched one of his films, I'm always struck by how his work has been so influential that you can go back and look at these films and you'll see images or themes or just these kind of ideas that he brings up or that he executes in a way that have had just this profound impact on filmmaking. And you start to see, I guess, what feel like tropes later on, but this is the source. This is where they came from. And it's just really fun to go back and uh, dive into this work. And so I'm really excited to start going and seeing some of these films that I've never seen before. And so was able to get this at Bookman's and you should go to Bookman's too and see what you might uncover. Remember Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the show. Ugly. It's boring. It's monotonous, but it's solid. You know, it's, it's not in that same way that you would, it doesn't take over your life. It gives you security in that way. And there's a comfort in that, that I really love, but, um, what, sorry, kind of going off on a tangent, but the, uh, what you're dealing with here is that introduction of it. And I think that what we do in our art that we often elevate infatuation to the point that it's not realistic and it's not honest of what actual love is. And I think that's kind of dangerous. And um, I'm glad to see that rug pulled out a little bit. Yeah. I feel like that's everything in my life though. It's like wild enthusiasm and infatuation and fantasy about, you know, this film or this social group or this festival or this country or, you know, whatever it might be. And then you get closer to the reality and, you know, it's in some ways disappointing and in some ways more interesting and complicated and, you know, harder to reconcile. And um, I just feel like my life is like a series of those, of those, uh, um, that sort of, that insight. And so, I don't know. Yeah, that happens in, in love as well and yeah. In this movie, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, I think, to both of us how, like, love is literally can be an addiction. We have friends who have yeah. have been love addicts and gone to, you know, love addicts programs. And, like, you know, you think of love as such a wholesome word, but the thrill of that actually can be quite, it's like a drug. Well, I think that the newness is something that's so, um, it, it's so dangerous that you can get, and you can fall into that idea. And like you're saying, once you... You fall in love with the idea of a city. Then you go there and you see all the, the wonderful food and the amazing music and all these things that you can see that you're not used to. But then eventually it's just the pharmacy that you're going to, the grocery store that you're going to, and all of that starts to wear down. And what was really left, I find comfort in that, actually. 
Um, I'm yeah. an oddball that once I start reducing things down and it's like, oh no, this is exactly like where I live. It's just slightly different accent here, or it's a, there's this element of it that's different, but it equates in this way. And I find more similarities now as I age than I see differences than I, when I was younger, I would always look for differences and that's how I would define myself. But now I feel by far more pulled in by similarities and by things that are comforting. And I, I, I don't know if that's an aging thing or not. Well, if I just don't have any rebel left in me at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that's probably just like a wisdom thing. You're like, you know, you have enough experience. Oh, no. you figure it out. Yeah. I'm still excited by the new country. You know, I'm like, this is going to be it. And then it's like, Oh no, it's, it's got issues too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Except when you're an American, you can look around with uh, these eyes that definitely do feel like the grass might actually be a little bit greener in other places, especially the last couple of years where there's some, yeah. So anyway, but the film, how can people see the film? How will it be available outside of festivals? Is it something that there, will you put it up on the website or is it just going to be screening? Yeah, I don't know if we can say exactly, exactly but it, 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 there should be an, a... um online release um not in the next several months we're sort of waiting to see sort of like talking to a few other festivals about what they're comfortable with in terms of that but um there would definitely be like a you know yeah like a a public online um forum for it to be viewed and we'll definitely be posting about that and making that known once it, it happens. Yeah. If people track my Instagram or our website, www.fuckmerichard.com. Yeah. <laughs> or, be able to see you. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it Lucy McKendrick? That's your Instagram. Lucy Elizabeth McKendrick. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy. Yeah. They'll be posted. About it. It will be posting about it. Um, but if they just search the film in the next few months, it'll definitely be um, able to, to see to it. To view it. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Well, this is something that I, highly recommend people check out because I had a blast with this. I watched it two times and this is something that is just fun that there's, it's something that is so wonderfully cinematic that it, but it's this short little film and I feel like people need to see this. And it's so nice that now we're at this age, you know, for all the downside of streaming that short films actually have a home now, which is kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you can get an audience and, yeah. yeah, so many people can can see it. Yeah. You know, people are just like, you know, watching things of all different lengths. Um, now that it, you know, the streaming mm. and stuff and TikTok even. And so I think it's actually like an exciting moment for short films where there can be, you know, I feel like short films used to sort of have the connotation of sort of like film junior, but now I think it can just be a different type of film. Yeah. Um, I, I I just I, I prefer to think of it as just um you had a very specific methodical idea of its deliberate pacing. It's just, this is what this story dictated. Um, sometimes you can feel something that needed to be longer and it's expanded. And it's just the first chapter or the first page of the first chapter sometimes in the short, but other times you see things expanded out and there really wasn't enough there. And it was this perfect seven minutes, but when you take it to 70, it just doesn't work. But yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I love That's- short stories. So yeah, this was definitely like based on a whole bunch of like short story authors who they just like encapsulate some, it's just like, you can just show the 
the like, I think the short story format is like a character that I like is like a character study. And then at the end, it's like twisted and it's like showing some underlayer to the behavior. And so when I was like trying to approach how to do the the screenplay of that, I was like trying to replicate those writers that I really like. Yeah. And do you have a specific, just out of kind of last thing, do you have a specific short story that really kind of blew your hair back that you could recommend? Uh, yeah, I feel, I mean, Laurie Moore, Bad Behavior, she's a Bad Behavior, right? Laurie Moore, I get confused between those two of them. Uh, yeah, Laurie Moore, she does like all of these ones, um, which are sort of, yeah, like women behaving badly. I think it's, it's I feel like it was like Otessa Moshfi and yeah, I mean, Homesick Otessa for Mo- Another World was the real. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Um, yeah. I mean, do you know her, that writer? She's not, not at all. Oh. And I'm excited for that. That's, I love yeah, discovering her, her author, so. released this year. It's called Eileen. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on her book, on her but her book. short stories are awesome too. And, um, yeah, yeah. They're all kind of like character studies. I think that my attention span from childhood just, um, naturally gravitated towards shorts first just as a way to test out an author so if they had a collection of shorts you know that was the thing that you could read in the bookstore and kind of see if there was something that was worth sitting down with an entire novel or a collection of shorts or anything so i i'm on board for that for sure yeah but, it's such an awful to itself though i feel like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but thank you both so much for taking the time to do this i do appreciate it and congratulations on the film this is a hell of a film so i'm I'm looking forward to whatever is coming down the pike next because this was fun. One of the most exciting things about short films is discovering new voices. And I've definitely marked you guys as people to follow from here on out. So thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
Cowboys crack.